Y'all know we've been working on a movie called The Blind, which is the Robertson um, family origin story. And I'm excited to tell you that the, the trailer, the teaser trailer, rather, is finally here. And you guys can go watch it today. Uh, you can go to theblindmovie.com. All you have to do is put in your email and you instantly get a link to watch the teaser trailer. Um, and you guys are getting first look at it, right? So uh, go there to theblindmovie.com. Put your name in. I'm, I'm excited for you to see uh, what we've done. It's a beautiful story. It's going to be amazing. And if you go to theblindmovie.com, there's also going to be some giveaways. We're going to have some contests, a lot of other cool stuff there. Um, that, that site is going to be kind of our, our hub for everything that we're going to do in communication with you guys. So please go to theblindmovie.com and sign up today. I am unashamed. What about you? So it's almost by the miracle of internet or television. I don't know which. So yesterday we were doing podcasts. And so I was sitting, Jason, where you're sitting, because you're in my chair, my normal chair. And Zach was here behind us at this desk and in one day now I've, it's like I've been teleported here to Zach's lair and so he and I are here and y'all are there I mean to the audience I know there's been a podcast or two in between but to yeah. me it just feels like we teleported it's, it's well, amazing we, we, had, we had dinner last night we did and the same day we talked and had a podcast in the morning That's right. we did two podcasts we did two yeah hmm. So, did, I mean, am I the only one that finds that amazing that you can just be in one place the next day you're halfway across the country on the East Coast? No, I think you've just finally realized that if you get on a plane, you can go to destinations <laughs> and have this happen. It's, it's a so phenomenon. It's not that big of a deal. Well, Chase, I was excited about Chase, it. Chase, you've lost your wonder. What happened to your wonder? I, I mean, at one e- time, you would marvel at something like that. Now I, you're just meh. I was, I was excited about air travel, you know, when I was like eight. I thought, wow, this is crazy. We're flying. But... Since then, no, it just, the <laughs> only just air the travel again. I'm looking forward to is the kind without any kind of mechanical, combustible <laughs> means. The Spaniard that uh, I converted by way back when I was teaching him how to blow a duck call, he was about 14, 15, and, and loves a duck hunt. And he's, you would have, if you had talked to him, the last thing you would ever think was when you ask him what he does for a living, fly jet aircraft. He's now in the pool, city to city, and he was in the military, but now he's graduated out, and so so he flies all over the United States. He flew uh, he flew helicopters too, Dan, for a yeah, long time. Flew helicopters. Yeah. yeah, he was in the military. You know, it's funny. So he was uh, the Spaniard was he was young, and so. You know, like I said, he loved, obviously he was led to Christ, which was great, but he was also one of those kind of kids that, you know, he wanted to try to get into the to the inner circle, and he wasn't sure how he would do that, and so he figured he'd need to marry him, and so Jay had just married Anna. So really the only one available at the time was Alex, because she was a, a little bit older than him, but she was a teenager as well. And so he went to Jay, and he said, I need some advice. He said, you know, do you know Alex's favorite place to eat? And because uh, I'm thinking about asking her out, you know, of course, you got to think about it. He's he doesn't even know who Alex is, but he's thinking this is his way in. 
So, so Jay said, well, I think she likes the Olive Garden. He said, I can handle that. Yeah. But did, that didn't happened. work. That relationship <laughs> didn't work out. He married a young young lady down in South South Louisiana. She's in the. Uh, She's a nurse practitioner. She's an amazing person. Oh yeah, but but uh, yeah, he did well. Kudos he did well. He to, did... to the Spaniard. I call him the Spaniard. I'm not quite sure why. Oh, I remember. Well, he told he's us not... he came from Spaniard royalty. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he's that's not right. from Spain. He's. But he told He's this story about his ancestors after a after a ruling after, Spain. Yeah, he said, you know, I came from Spanish royalty. Yeah. So ever <laughs> since he told you that story, which everyone doubted, he became known as the Spaniard. Yep. Good. <laughs> That's good, all good. you need is just your end. So he, <laughs> he stays in touch. Yeah. What, he, he has done that. That's been he was converted. I'd say. Fifteen years ago, maybe twenty. Uh, it's probably been almost twenty. That's he what is I, one of my favorite people. He flies the jets that you're riding on. That's the type jets he runs. No, if I saw him in the cockpit, I'd say no. Is, <laughs> no, I'm saying, kidding. I love it. I love him, but I make it a little nervous. But it, I don't that. feel warm and fuzzy. But uh, <laughs> Phil made me think of something. You know, because the number one question, which I got it. Just a couple weeks ago, the, the when uh, we did our treasure hunting event, is how come y'all don't call y'all's parents mom and dad? I, I got that question. Yeah, I know, I'm, that, I'm still that, that, getting that, that question. That comes up from time to time. What, what, what was your, was your answer? Which, for the I, record, I, I do, but just okay. Just I'm yeah, gonna throw that well, out there. Some members of the family. Well, I had a new answer because I said, "Look, we're not real sure." I get asked. A lot. I went through some of the possible answers that we usually give. When we were kids, you know, we had our, our house phone was also the business phone. And so you wouldn't say, uh, hold on, let me get my mom. Or, you know, so you'd say. You're trying to sound professional. Yeah, you. so maybe that. Maybe it was, you know, y'all weren't Christians when we were little kids. So we just <laughs> bypassed the mom-dad thing and just <laughs> You didn't in. earn it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a complete disaster the first few years. But anyway. This first five years. Yeah, like so the first fire. five years was, you know, whatever. So I had a new answer. I was like, well, we don't get offended that my dad can't call anyone by their real name. That's right. So that was my answer. I said, so maybe somehow we got we don't like to give titles as kids, but my dad, he won't call anyone by their name. It's always a nickname. And if you start thinking about it, even with all of us, it's true. Have you noticed that? It, it's I, I either have. what state they're from, what country they were. Yeah, it's hard to What figure. they look like. What, you some know. Some kind of physical characteristic. Yeah, and uh, so it is weird. So that's why we all have nicknames. So we have a problem with, with that. Titles and names. When you I watch them, names. I observe them, and I forget who they were because there's been so many. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good, Stanley. You know, Kevin, you want to take a picture? Oh yeah. So we take a picture, but it, it's so I just look at those they their tendencies as they live yeah. a little. Which would be okay, but caveats. when it gets down to family members, it gets a little awkward. Yeah. When you're like, now who are you? And you're like. I'm your grandson. I'm your, I'm your grandson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a lot in your defense. Yeah, I'll look into that. 
No, I think Phil, we're we. I we, think we're we've, ex- we've accepted it and moved yeah, on. It's okay. It's, yeah. right. it's okay. Don't change then. a thing. Well, don't change. We're, we're going to accept you just as you are, Dad. I, I give my standard line. I remember his face, but I can't remember his name. It's okay. Who is that? Yeah. She said that's your grandson. He's. A, I said okay. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so fortunately, Zach said this before we started that all members of the podcast team are unoffendable. So yeah, it's a prerequisite for being on the yeah, podcast. They, somebody asked me last week. They said, "Now, out of all four of you guys, who is the most easily offended?" And I was like, "I don't know if anybody gets offended. I don't think I've ever seen any of us no. be offended." I would say we're the is the probably the least four offendable people on the planet are right there with it. We just don't, you know. I say it all the time. I just I I, I don't know if it's natural or what. I just decided a long time ago to not be an offended person. Yeah. And so I, I find life is a lot better when you're that way, but whatever. Well, number one, you shouldn't think of yourself more highly than you ought. That sounds like a Bible verse. That is true. Oh, it is. <laughs> and also I mean, are you trying to impress people or the Lord? That sounds like a verse. That was a paraphrase of a verse. So, you know, if you're trying to impress other people on how you look or what you do, you you're, you get offended when that doesn't measure up your expectations. So and you know, I've Jace, always right. wondered about the people who are so easily offended. I mean, over, which I would think was nothing. But they take it so seriously. I'm like, you know, chill out and live. You live well, you life. laid the foundation by, uh, you know, looking the way you do, and seemingly having confidence. So when I was a kid, I thought, boy, this guy, he's he's not worried about what other people think. Obviously, yeah. And so uh, that was a good dynamic that you brought to the family. So because it, you know, you were kind of. When you came to the Lord, you found that character comes from within. Yep. And so uh, I think that was good. Because, I mean, we all had the that jokes about being poor. And, you know, when I dated Missy, I, it was just a hail of persecution from all her classmates about her dating me. Yeah. I was from the wrong side of the earth. In their mind, <laughs> you were a, a trash. Yeah, they were just like, he's a dumb <laughs> hick. Yeah. I mean, he just, look at that. He's got long hair and a mullet, and he talks real country, and she was just abused. And she always found it fascinating that I was not offended. I was like, hey. But they bother. were on to something because look at you now. But, you know, it's funny because Jesus laid out a principle. And so, and this happened to me. that shows you about offendability. Because you remember he said, and I don't have the exact uh, reference here, but he said when you you know come into a place, don't go down front and take the seat of honor, you know, but yeah. sit sit in the back and wait for somebody to take you up front because you you might get embarrassed. So I went to a family wedding in our family, and so most of our family was sitting down front because typically you do because it's your family, and Lisa and I sat down, and then someone came over. You know, right before the thing to get started, and said, uh, uh, "Sorry, can you guys move because you know so and so and so and so needs to sit in your chairs." And so I thought, sure, you know. So we get up and you know walk that eighty foot walk of shame to the back of a huge tent, 
And when I got back there, somebody said that they looked at us, you know, like incredulously. They said, did you just get asked to move? And I said, yeah. And they were like, why? And I was like, because I broke the principle. Jesus said, when you come into a place, don't go sit down front, sit in the back, or you might have to walk to the back. So I was like, but I wasn't offended because I was like, Jesus told me not to do that, and yet we did it. So it was like, and the people afterwards, oh, you offended? I said, absolutely not. Somebody needed that seat more than I did. But that, I mean, that's a better way to live to me than just being yeah. walking around offended all the time. Yeah, and you shouldn't, you know, I think most people surround themselves with people who won't say anything to hurt your feelings, or and that's not real healthy because I think our family has decided we're going to speak the truth in love, which is another verse, Ephesians 4. And uh, sometimes you need people to say what's what's true. I mean, for your better interest. If you know that they have your better interest in mind, why would you be offended? I like when people disagree with me because that means they're, they're, they have a better idea or a better way or I could be wrong. or So that's why I'm not offended at that. Yeah, or the way you look. You know, I noticed some of these younger uh, kin folks of mine. When I'm just, when I'm kidding with one of them, I'll say something. Hey, little chubby, you know, that's be like a little one of one of them's about nine years old or ten. She is chubby. Well, I just kid her about it. Miss Casey, yeah. oh, you don't want to do that because it hurts, well, hurts yeah. their feelings. The women in our family, uh, they do not like that you do that, and you probably shouldn't do that. That may be taking the unoffendable too far. I'm just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. ooh, you're skinny. Ooh, you're a little shade out, a little You're chubby. right. That is helping people be less offendable by offending them based in public. Yeah, just don't yeah. comment on weight. He's never comment it's, on when size. it comes to women and size, Dad. It's yeah. just it's usually, of course, this this is coming from Dad, who at least on two different occasions, and I'm thinking maybe it was three at church had said something to young women about you know yeah. when the, when they were expecting good night girl weren't. i didn't know you was fixing to have a baby and she said i'm not and i'm like <laughs> okay here we go right. well i'm thankful i that got you, out of there case yeah. said, you idiot don't tell a woman this. i said well i didn't know the girl just picked up a little weight i thought she was gonna have a baby i'm thankful you don't did that because now i have never since i saw you do that Never commented done. on women's age or <laughs> looks or pregnancies. We did learn from you, Dad. That is a DED. I do not ask anybody. And they can have a big old belly out there. looks like they're fixing to pop a baby out any minute. And no. I'm not saying Don't one do it. word. Yeah, yeah do we it. learned that in the hard way. So, Zach, I'm here in, uh, I guess, what I would call the eastern layer, since we're over here on the coast. And the nice thing about your studio is the bed that I slept in is right here in the same room. Yeah, it's a, it's a studio apartment, a literal studio apartment. So how did how did you how did you sleep? Well, your mattress is a bit firm. I'm not sure about that, but I will say this: when my feet slid into those sheets, they have to be bowl and branch because they had a buttery feel to them. They are. That's exactly right. <laughs> they were fantastic. Yeah, we treat our. We want to treat our guests with uh, with the best. Only the best, and and we know that Bowling Branch is the best. They've been one of our sponsors for a while. Uh, they only use the highest quality, one hundred percent organic cotton threads on earth, which makes them great. 
Uh, as I said, they're buttery to the touch, and they are. They're loved by millions of sleepers. They're luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Zach. Did you know that? I did not know that. I don't know which ones, but four U.S. presidents, hopefully ones we like. Uh, they're great for all sleepers. Uh, they're not made with any harsh pesticides. They have a 30-night risk-free guarantee, free shipping, and returns on all U.S. orders, which, trust me, you won't want to send them back. So sleep better at night, just as I did last night, with bowl and branch sheets. You get 15% off your first order when you use the promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch, bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. Exclusions apply. See their site for details. All right, Zach, you got something you wanted to tell us. What you got over there? Yeah, I got an update. So uh, on the movie, The Blind, we uh, are writing a blurb for the for it. We actually are um, are going to release September 29th. Uh, we'll be in a theater near you. And so we asked the AI chat GPT to write us oh, a boy. blurb. For the movie about your life, Phil, and I wanted to read it too. So this is let's set this up now. So this is AI. If you were asked AI about PR, Phil Robertson, here's yeah. what you get. So, so we said write us a blurb for the for the movie The Blind, and uh, this is what they said. It's pretty good. The Blind is a gripping biopic that tells the inspiring story of Phil Robertson, the founder of Duck Commander and the star of the hit reality show Duck Dynasty. The film follows Phil's journey from a young man struggling to find his way in a world to becoming the beloved icon of the hunting and outdoor industry. The film takes, play, uh, takes its title from the time Phil spent in the wilderness where he discovered his passion for hunting and his deep connection to the natural world. Despite facing numerous challenges, including a debilitating injury that left him blind in one eye, <laughs> Phil never lost his spirit of determination and faith. With stunning cine cinematography and a standout performance by the lead actor, The Blind offers a moving portrayal of Phil's life, his family, and the values that have made him a, the beloved figure to millions. Whether you're a fan of Duck Dynasty or simply love a good underdog story, The Blind is a film not to be missed. So we we didn't have I didn't know you had an eye injury, Phil. Did you have a, a debilitating eye injury? Well, I mean, I knew that time you got that rod, you know, pulled from your eye, but I didn't know. Yeah, that yeah. that was one thing. It was a, a little piece of wood about that long. That had gone right beside my eyeball, went up in my eyeball a good inch and a half, and broken off. And Ma, I said, Ma, I got something in my eye. I don't know what it is. And she said, Good grief! Well, how did they know that? She looked into it. No, I meant the AI. Oh, the AI. <laughs> AI. No, I think I, it, is that I, artificial I, intelligence? Yeah. yeah, artificial intelligence knew somehow. How did they know you? this? Because I was standing there when she pulled that thing out of your eye, but I don't remember any computers being around. No, this was this was forty five years ago. So this yeah. was an attempt at a joke. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to read you what what AI said. What's amazing was it was ninety eight percent really good yeah. on target, and then but it it took a weird turn into an eye injury. 
I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't hide. trust artificial intelligence is what I got out of that. And it was way too long. Was, I mean, yeah, if you can't long. say it in two sentences, go read a book because it's, a, it's, write it's one. a blurb. It's a movie blurb. That's not but, a blurb. You, that's a blurby. Yeah, that was pretty long. <laughs> is that a word? It's a f- blurby. Yeah, blurby. It's the blurby. plural of blurb. It's many blurbs <laughs> into one. It's called a blurby. But I will say, if you want to know. Uh, the real story. We're actually about to start um, doing some Zoom meetings with our with our core audience uh, that that will be um, assimilated around the blindmovie.com email list. So go put your email in there, theblindmovie.com. We'll do updates, movie updates. Uh, we're going to have some big Zoom calls with some of um, our fans and audience that want to see this happen. We're going to need y'all's help for sure at Unashamed Nation just to get this thing out there. Um, and we're going to be looking for ambassadors. We're going to have some contests where um, some of the folks will be able to come to uh, our premiere. So we're going to do a lot of stuff uh, and it's about to get cranked up. So I, I want to encourage all of our audience here at um, Unashamed to go put your email in at theblindmovie.com. Just go check it out and uh, you'll get all the updates and um, get to participate in some of these contests. There are a we're few times, uh, rare, rare, rare times when I was embarrassed about anything, but having watched a little blurb of my life being put on the big screen, being put on the big screen now, uh, and the pitfalls of that particular life, that, that's, that's one, it's very embar- embarrassing to me, so I want everybody to know that. It embarrassed me highly to see a little blurb on what I looked like when I was following the evil one. Well, it's embarrassing. Yeah, and you hadn't, yeah, and you hadn't even seen the whole movie yet, so yeah, I'm sure it'll have some impact on you too, Dad. Yeah, yeah but, but 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 you know what, Phil? I think that um, when you see the totality of the whole thing, uh, the the verse that comes to mind is where sin increases, grace abounds all the more. Hey. And I think that you, you'll see that you'll you'll, you'll see the a, a beautiful portrayal of the gospel. Um, well, there was a big that's change, that's for sure. A mighty change. Oh, it's a one eighty. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your story is powerful though. I mean, I think that hopefully what I think what people are going to see is that, that they know you now, everybody knows that the stand that you, you I don't know how they're going to get around rated R. Is it rated? R? Well, I haven't been rated yet. So, uh, yeah. I'm working on that, but we'll see. Um, well, a lot of that, that is, you know, what, how you choose to what you leave in and what you leave out. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I think there's ways to tell the story that we can grab the story without having to get super graphic. Well, wouldn't y'all that, agree I, that uh, some of your low points of your life in the past, wouldn't you agree that a lot of it sins that anybody commits? It's a little bit, it's a little bit embarrassing. How sure can it, it is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed by the whole thing, but, I mean, I have huge. But everybody comes for, has a past. It is what it is. So you, right. you might as well you might as well tell the truth and go on about your business. Well, that's the thing, Dad. You just said it. I mean, that relates to. I mean, almost everybody out there in the world. I mean, they have regrets. That's correct. They have periods of their life that they're ashamed about, that they wish they could change, but can't. There's a mighty the throng only... of people who he'll tell you quickly, and the last thing I want to see is what I was like back in this and back then and back then right. in my past. Well, I'm kind of in that group. You know, it's, it's embarrassing. Other but than imagine that, that 
imagine that if you were a person who's still in that place where you were and, and look, you would, you wouldn't go to church. You know, somebody's been trying to get you to a Bible study. You won't go, but they're, you know, they like to hunt and they say, you know what? You need to come see this movie, the blind. And they don't even know what it's about. And they go in there and sit and watch and say, that's Phil Robertson. This is what he was like. That, then that may offer some hope for this guy. That is why I looked in a hurry when I saw the little part of the movie that I was going to be in playing my life and my past. I checked into others to see if I at least uh, could have somebody else was in the same predicament. I started with the Apostle Paul. Then looked at Peter's life, looked at Paul's life. I mean, one of them was just a downright murderer, the Apostle Paul. I mean, just, I mean, and he wrote most of the New Testament, and God had him write it. So even you look at it like that, if it helps people come to Jesus, I'm all in, no matter how rough it is, no matter how rough it looks. Hey, present. I made the point Sunday when I was preaching about Peter that here was a guy that went from denying Christ three times in yep. a moment where he said he'd give his life for him. Think about this. In in only four, a little over 40 days, then he became, less than two months for sure, he became the one that unlocked the, key, the kingdom gate. Amazing. That opened the way for the church to usher into the era that we're in now with the Holy Spirit. Boy, you just think so, about the Lord <laughs> be, being the only one that's not and never held grudges about anybody against anybody, right. including right. Peter. I mean, he reinstated him as the way the Bible reads. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great point, Al. And and think about it, that happened in a short period of time. It's not like there were years that went by of him proving himself. I mean, Jesus appeared for forty days. And then he was gone, and then within a few days, Peter's up, you know, shucking the corn, talking about the gospel. You so know, he that starts was a quick out drawing. He he drew his sword first and take the takes the ear off a of man. You say this old dude, he's not backing up. But no, he he yep. he fell victim to the crowd, and he got out of there too. That's right. When death which, started knocking at his door, he said, "I'm out of here." Which we talked about that. I think that's. I think that instance with Malchus and the ear is is what led him to the denials because he thought, okay, we're not taking over militarily, like or you know, forcefully like I thought we were. So what are we doing here? Yeah. And so he he punted, you know, which is a bad thing. I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed, but uh, things are a little bit crazy in our culture and our world today. Dad, have you noticed that things are a little bit kind of crazy out there in the old? U.S. of A. Yeah, I, I'm ashamed at this point. Yeah, it's some a lot of the to stuff, be ashamed of. Oh, some of this stuff you see, it's just sickening. Some of our uh, judicial system seems to kind of resemble a third world banana republic. I see a lot of trusted American companies sort of embrace some of these crazy ideologies. And so one of our sponsors is a group that says that they want to fight back uh, and they want to start with the way we spend our money. For years, big mobile companies have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and so Patriot Mobile says you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, They're the only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks, so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda, propaganda, without the woke propaganda pushed by the leftists who are trying to destroy our country. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, and the Second Amendment. 
You also support our military, our vets, and first responders. So great company. Uh, definitely, folks, we're behind. 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. You get free activation today with the offer code Phil. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil or call them at 878-PATRIOT. So, Jace, blurby is a word. Is it? Yep. Shocked. It's an urban an urban dictionary word, which it means a mouthful of chaos, misunderstanding nonsense. <laughs> well, I was actually... I was actually well, almost right. When he is talking, it sounds all blurby. Well, let me, let me uh, I hate to burst the bubble, but urban dictionary words are not actual <laughs> words. Uh-oh. The linguist oh, has said that's not a real it's word. Not a real word. Urban dictionary word is not a real word, at least yet. It may make okay. it into the, the big dictionary. So it's on its pathway. It's on its pathway. Well, it should be. Are we ready to talk about the Bible? What are we doing? I was waiting on y'all. <laughs> well, we talked about everything else up to now. We might well, we as well. We had Bible references in real life. We and did. So. And we were able to talk about uh, Peter and Paul into into dads, into the blind, which is, is powerful. So I'm excited about it. September 29th is going to be great. So we're in uh, Luke chapter 1, and I just want to give a little bit of a get us kind of caught up to where we are because we, we spent quite a bit of time talking about Luke's sort of unique perspective. Uh, actually it's been a couple of podcasts just on Jason, on the first four verses, yeah. just because it's such a Luke's approach is so unique. Um, one is because probably his background and he's, he's a Gentile, he's a physician and he had a specific purpose in mind writing Luke and Acts aimed at someone knowing the story of Jesus. And so he, he comes out a little bit different than the other guys. And so we talked about the importance of that. And what he also does is, which I think is a real service to not only Gentiles, but all of us now, is he gives us a much deeper background of John the Baptist's role. Because you don't get that from the other pictures of the gospel. Yeah. Why was he such a unique character? Why was he so special? Because, you know, he was prophesied about not as much as Jesus, but quite a bit. And so uh, he gives us that background into that. And there was something I, I wanted to go b- refer back to before we kind of get back where we uh, currently are in the text. And that was in, um, we talked about this, but there was a point that I had made in my notes that I wanted to revisit. And that was in chapter one, whenever Mary is foretold about what's going to happen with her. And so in verse 35, when... The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then, of course, he talks about Elizabeth, and he says, nothing is impossible with God. So we talked quite a bit about that and the idea of the impossible nature of God. But one thing we didn't mention that he says here that I think is worth mentioning before we just move on is that this verse really is the first time we see the incarnation specifically reference that we're talking about God becoming flesh and, and the uniqueness of that. Because when you think about it, Jesus, he, he's more than just 
a special prophet. He's more than just, you know, what he offered up. He's more than so many things because he literally is God in flesh, which makes him the one and only unique hybrid between divine and human. Mm -hmm. And so, and we read so much about it, son of man, son of God, but really this, in this, you know, Gabriel just says it quickly as he goes by, but really that's a huge concept. We think about the power of the gospel, think about how that kicks off in the incarnation, meaning that that's in flesh is what that word means, God in flesh. I mean, that really starts us towards everything he did for us, but without him coming here in flesh, we have no opportunity to connect back to him in relationship. And so I don't know that we flesh that out, but I want to mention that. Well, there is a, a, another similar happening uh, back in Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent. You know, the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, uh, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past this age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I, will I now have this pleasure? So she's kind of making a, a, a thing about it. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, was I really a child and I'm old? Uh, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm. He said, I'll return to you the next point of time, and uh, and Sarah will have a son, which uh, it's pretty shocking information when someone gets that, but Sarah was was one of those that uh, she laughed about it, but she looked down one day and said, whoa, my belly getting big. And she was ninety years old. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that on the I mentioned that on the last podcast. I, th- I think it was the last one. The the similarities between John the Baptist's birth and and the birth of Isaac are very similar mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. uh, old age, unbelievable. You know, uh, something big's happening. You know, there's a huge promise coming. So you know, the in the in the Abraham and um, Isaac story, it was through Isaac that your offspring shall be reckoned. So the promise that God made to Abraham was going to be fulfilled through Isaac. And um, you go to Genesis 22, I think it's Genesis 22, when they go to Mount Moriah to sacrifice Isaac, he gets up there and, and they're, they're walking up to do the sacrifice. And Abraham says, um, me and the boy, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have that page open, me and the boy are going to go up there mm-hmm. We're going to worship God, and then and then we will return. And they get up there, and he goes to do the sacrifice, and then that's when God provides the substitution, and there's a ram caught in the thicket. God himself provides the sacrifice, and there's a substitution on uh, Mount Moriah where another uh, the, the, the ram died in the place of Isaac, which was foreshadowing of the gospel where the lamb would die in the place of us. So it's called substitutionary penal atonement. That someone dies in our place and takes on the penalty for us. And so you have this moment here where this guy, John the Baptist, is coming, and it does look like almost like, I mean, everybody knew something big was happening. 
you know, because Zachari- Zachariah goes in there to the temple. He has the encounter with Gabriel. He comes out. He can't talk, you know, for what nine months, right? Well, um, yeah, and and then and then all of a sudden he he they they have the moment where the where John the Baptist is born. And it looks like he's the next Abraham, you know. And and then he, they, the, the, what's his name going to be? Well, his name's going to be what his father's name is, because that's what you do. But and it was his, all it was all designed to for us is to see how uh, these fantastic miracles are happening. I mean, with, with Sarah, then with with uh, Elizabeth, and then with Mary. I mean, there was some major going on when when these things took place. Uh, they're, they're miraculous beyond belief. I mean, it's it's really amazing. I mean, nothing is impossible for God. That that takes on new meaning yeah. when you when you're looking yeah. at where these people are coming from and how He's saving had, the world. I hadn't really thought about it, Zach, but it, you're right. The the Abraham and Isaac narrative is actually a combination of foreshadowing of both John the Baptist and Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Because you get both, right? You yeah, see a you see a snapshot bo- of yeah, both. You get yeah. both of them are are fulfilling this, and so the, with John the Baptist, that's why when when they named him John, uh, which means uh, God is gracious. Um, it was, you know, he's in there and his mother first, they asked, what's the, what's his name going to be? Zachariah? No, no, no. His name's going to be John. They're like, no, well, we better ask his dad. So then they summon his father. Hey, what's his name going to be? And he can't talk. So, but he's got the tablet. So he writes on the tablet, his name is John. And in, so I, 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 that's what I read that. I was like, man, what is that? Like the significance of this name is God is gracious. So we're at the moment where the law has been just accumulating debt for all these years and was never yeah. able to accomplish what grace alone, God's grace would accomplish. So that's the foreshadowing. This guy's this guy's ne- the guy's name is God is gracious. And that's his name. Yeah. And then he's going to be pointing to the to the one who will who will institute grace and who will who will bring grace and who will i mean th- like the significance of john the baptist can cannot be overstated it's huge no that's right i think the irony is he repented i mean he he preached a message of repentance in a very fiery way yep he confronted all kinds of sinful behavior even in the government which is eventually what you know cost him his his life having his head cut off because he's you know rebuking the powers that be and their marital arrangement and but his name meant god is grace now you have god is is jesus will be called the son of god now we up in the we up in the ante here (laughs) we were we're on accolades. So this, this is like whoa. As I said, think about that. John's name is God is gracious. When Jesus came, they said they'll call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Yeah. So you yeah. combine that. God is gracious, that and now God point. is with us. Yeah. So grace is now with us. Grace is here. Right. And it's humanity right. could not have done this or even come even close. 
It's way, way beyond. You talk about a miraculous events going on. It's mind-boggling. So much uh, so that I don't know. You look or read. You say, "Well, y'all, y'all accept this stuff and believe these wild things." I said, "I don't know how humanity could have made the story up." You just think about it. Yeah. Write these stories down over thousands of years, and they come out here. Well, and you look, and you're like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Well, well to your point, Phil. So, like in Mary's song that we skipped over, a lot of people who do not believe that the Bible's reliable, they will go to this very song and they say, well, a lot of her song came from Hannah. And so, you know, I was reading this stuff. And they're like, I mean, that just shows you. They just, they just made it up. They just stole the stuff from Hannah. Well, then when you go read the story of Hannah in First Samuel 1 and 2, all of a sudden, it, you see why Mary quoted <laughs> some some of that. I mean, right? And it, it, just like in Zachariah's song that that uh, that Zach brought up, he he because we're going to get to that. But you know, when he has this, and it was actually longer nine months because you you were you would have thought that Zachariah would have been able to speak after John was born, but no, they took him to be <laughs> circumcised, so that was on the eighth day. He still can't speak. I mean, he's just, right. he's going to be the <laughs> utterless father. Yeah. And uh, because of that that unbelief early on in the, and, and wouldn't trust the word from God based on the circumstances. That's right. Which seemed impossible. But then all of a sudden, boy, when he burst into song, he then, you know, starts talking about, and he, he quotes a lot of the Old Testament that was leading to the Lord fulfilling, not only redeeming Israel, but also from a spiritual way, when you get to it, that he would bring light to darkness. But to back up to the, you know, to Mary and, and Hannah, what I found fascinating, which I don't know how deep y'all want to go into that. It was really, I mean, I was reminded that first Samuel one and two, like maybe you're having trouble with the blind. It was rated R, you know, you you yeah. start reading First Samuel one, and the first thing it's like there's a guy that had two wives, and and a lot of people who who have this same accusation with Mary's song, they say, well, I don't understand why y'all are not supporting polygamy. It's all through the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament. Yep, and what you realize is people who really study the Word, you see that in every case it was that way. It was a complete disaster. Chaos, Jerry Springer-like issues happen that was in the culture. So it's not, I think people, they don't realize that the Word of God is true, but not everything in the Bible is true when it comes to this is what you should be doing. I mean, if you take the advice of the three guys that were talking to Job, which I've seen people do, preach sermons. All the time. And it was yeah, terrible yeah. advice. <laughs> yeah. You want to have chaos? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they, they <laughs> preach it as if, like, uh, this is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, no, that's, that's, the, that's not what you're supposed to do. Bye.
By the way, when you get to the end of Job and God says, oh, your three dopey friends, and I'm paraphrasing, your three dopey friends didn't know what they were talking about, I'm not going to preach you any sermons off of stuff they were saying because God yeah. already said those guys are idiots. I mean, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Be but, careful when you preach out of Job. Yeah, well, just yeah, to give you a thumbnail of, of what happened with Anna, I mean, uh, Hannah, because I do think it's important because I was moved just reading it, and uh, I asked Missy about it, and she's like, oh, it's it's such a chick flick in the Bible, you know, and uh, which I, I laugh because she here's a woman who in there she couldn't have children, and her her uh, I don't even know what you would call that. The other wife, can, she's just popping out babies one right after another, and in that culture, that was more than than it is now. She was deemed like more worthy and more blessed yeah yeah more blessed so she's just it was all about future jason that yeah. was why it was so well important. there's a lot of reasons i mean I, as i thought right. about it back then you know you, it's work it was kind of like our family remember i mean phil you know you and kate they all just put us to work well you know the more workers you had the better production and same thing back then and even from a country standpoint i think it's like the more you reproduce the stronger you are. You know, if you didn't, if there weren't a lot of you, obviously another country would come in, take you over. So there's a lot of reasons. But this other wife is throwing haymakers. Not only is she having kids, but she's like, well, she's ridiculing Hannah. It's like, you're just, you know, you just don't have what it takes. I mean, it, yep. it's just one ridicule, one offensive thing after another, which is very sad to read. So then the husband comes in there and he's like, well, Hannah, I really love you. You know, the other one I'm just having babies with basically is what he was saying. But he didn't get it. Typical husband, because he he makes a quote like, well, you should just even though you don't have any kids, you know, you realize that, you know, you have me. Well, you know, classic, (laughs) classic (laughs) boo boo. So she doesn't even acknowledge that. And so you see this, why she's so sad, because really the culture and her, this other wife is ridiculing her. And, and our culture does the same thing. You know, when I just, when I, when I fast forward to that to us now, there's so much bullying going on. If you're not, if you don't look good enough, I mean, it's an epidemic with our teenage girls, you know, and you're ugly and you, you're fat and you're, and this just driving some of them in some cases commit suicide. And so you see this, so she's real sorrowful, and uh, but she she finally eventually in, in her prayer life, and, and I think this is why Mary used this, she finally in her prayer said, it's not about me anymore. I mean, because she, she prayed that she would obviously year after year that she, she would have a kid. It didn't happen. But when she prayed that if she had one, she would give him to the Lord. That's when she found a peace. And it, it's very obvious in the text. This is in chapter two, but she's, her face was no longer downcast. Look, this is before she had the baby. And so what I, the point I was going to make is that you have prayer, not, not prayer, pregnancy, then peace. Cause that's the lie that you think she wasn't getting, uh, you know, she wasn't just trying to find peace, thinking that, oh, if I have a child, that all my problems are going to be over. She had the prayer, you know, pain, let's say, pain and prayer. I don't know why all these start with P, but 
But then she found a peace in, in talking to God about it and basically said, no matter what happens, I'm trusting you. Then she got pregnant. And so I think that's an important point. And uh, then she uses the same kind of language that Mary's going to use, which is when you're weak, he's strong. When you're strong, you become weak. And and you have this whole opposite uh, upside down definition of the kingdom revealed by Hannah and later Mary, which now we still have trouble wrapping yeah. our heads around. You know, if you want to be, if you want to live, you got to die. I was trying to think of all the other ones, but it, and she, she, if you want to be rich, you got to become poor. If, if you want to become unbroken, you got to be broke. I mean, what it just, if you want to be first, you got to be last. You got to be last. But, I mean, but, but all of it, but all of it right here is, being revealed, I wrote this down in my notes that God's kingdom is revealed in the dirtiest of places. Everything here is an upside down kingdom, and that's the point. That he didn't re, he didn't emerge. God's revelation of the of 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 his arrival did not happen in a temple, but in Nazareth, which we talked about in the last podcast. Uh, when he did arrive, it wasn't in a palace, but in a manger, and the first people he told were not nobles, but shepherds, because everything is backwards in God's kingdom. It's an upside-down kingdom flowing from God's revelation to Mary, to um, to her song that you just mentioned, to the humble birth, to the attendance of the shepherds, and ultimately, as we know, to the cross. I, I mean, I, that, I was, I was, to me, I, when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, all this whole story, everything is not how it should be, but yet is so much more beautiful and powerful. And that's the strange paradox of the gospel, that the Christ's power is in his the fact that he condescends, the fact that he puts himself in a human body, in, a, in, in the most vulnerable place, in a baby. He said, well, how's that powerful? And you're like, that's the, that's the thing. That's, that's the power of it. Just that type of love, you know, that is, is, is just, that's what's powerful. And I think that's what draws men, you know, and women to God is, is, is that it's what the gospel is. And so when we say like Phil says, you know, you said about the movie earlier, how you're embarrassed or you're ashamed of it. But one thing I know you're not ashamed of, is you're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the name of our podcast. That's it. Um, because it's the power because the gospel is the power of salvation first for the Jew, then for the Gentiles. So, so there's power in the gospel, but you know, what is the gospel? Well, it's the fact that Jesus allowed humans, God allowed humans to get their hands on him and, and beat him to a pulp and just pulverize his body and kill him and bury him. And then God resurrected him from the dead. So there's power in that. There's power in suffering. There's power in, in in that type of pouring out yourself. Good point. Jack. I don't fully understand that, but it's good, there. Good point. No, but even Hannah referenced uh, Jesus. I mean, uh, the power of the Lord raising the dead. You know, when you when you read her prayer, you know how how in the world is that? With the chaos of her life, she how was she able to foresee that and acknowledge that? And my point is, uh, and this is a story that y'all are both familiar of, familiar with. But, you know, if you hadn't, when you see a woman who can't have kids, I mean, it seems like that is the most painful position 
for a lot of women to ever be. I mean, just the few counseling sessions I've had, my wife and I, with people going through that. But I remember one in particular who just, I mean, wouldn't eat, was depressed, and, you know, it was just, and we loved that, you know, the couple and the marriage. They just wanted kids, and she was just devastated. So eventually, years later, you know, she has three. And uh, so you're like, boy, that that's a great happy ending. Not one long after that, she wound up leaving the Lord, leaving her husband, you know, leaving her family. And I, I was so shocked because I thought, how does this happen? And that's what I was kind of reminded with Hannah's story was that what we do, and in this situation, no matter what it is, if you put, you know, the the sorrow and then pray and, you know, and if I can be pregnant and have kids, I'll find peace. That's the wrong order. It In Hannah's case, in Mary's case, there's a prayer, there's a peace, and you're just you're at peace with whatever God decides, which it just seems like in the case of Zechariah and Mary and Hannah, once you decide to trust him and put his will first, no matter what the circumstance, it's like then you get, then you get the blessing. Then, then, then you get then it. Then you're cause, ready because <laughs> you're cause broken. The, yeah, because yeah, to put the pregnancy first is a form of, here's another P, of, of prosperity gospel that 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 there's something better than God that if I mm-hmm. do the right things that I can get this. If I have I do you know, I start to pray, I start then then I'll get the pregnancy and then I'll have peace because the pregnancy is what I'm after. That's but you right. could you could fill in the blank there with the pregnancy. It could be anything. Exactly. Marriage, relationship, a love of your life, children. I mean all of it is I mean, none of that, none of those things will satisfy you. Raising three end. children is a major chore. Well, exactly. If you don't have the Lord in there, well, you see what happened. Then it was like, well, this didn't fulfill well, I wanted me. these quick kids. Yeah. Now I have them. I, I can't right. shut them up. It, it, nothing's going to fulfill <laughs> you like the Lord. I mean, and that's that's where true that's peace true. comes from. I got to handle one, but three of them, I tell you what, I, my prayers got a hold of me on that one. <laughs> so we're out of time. Uh, but I do want to talk more about this because I, I, I jotted down a couple of notes. Says there's a real historical significance about the connection to Hannah and Samuel as well. So we'll yeah, and go that. read it. Yeah, I was paraphrasing it. It's first Samuel. Yeah, it's really, really read powerful. It for it's really very really powerful. It's first Samuel two, one through ten. So don't forget the week of uh, May the seventh, we're no longer release on Sunday uh, for Unashamed. It's gonna be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So be looking for that change. If you want to follow us over blazetv.com slash unashamed is where we'll be. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.